How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongue Sal Podcast, and let's just jump right into today's uh, conversation. So everyone, most people use Facebook nowadays, and as much as that, I I try as hard, especially now, like I, I don't do it anymore, but um, I have been guilty about getting engaged with people's posts and, and communicating um my my perspective and ideologies on 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 differing points on Facebook and then getting caught into like debates and it's it's hard for me as a person because I enjoy just bringing up facts um, enjoy um, a, a good debate I, I'm very debatable of a person and um, so seeing things that I just don't agree with, makes me really want to engage with it. But the last like uh, month and a half, I've been really good about just not engaging in it. I've realized that it's just, it's not beneficial in either way. I should just block it out and just move past it. It's easy just to scroll up. Um, now what I do is I just kind of humor myself and just laugh and, and then just kind of keep going. But that's Facebook for me. So I also try not to look at it too much. Um, I only really get on there to really look at like family posts now and um, just follow like a few friends that I know just are, uh, are are just doing really well with themselves and really focusing on just their life and, and their livelihood and, and not trying to go out there and, and spread like a whole bunch of negativity. And so I'll, I'll watch what those people do. But Facebook does have a benefit once in a while where it will remind you of a post of yours that you posted or a post that you were tagged in from years before. And uh, the post for today... Uh, actually was a super adorable video that um, I cannot believe it's been a year already to this day that we did it. But uh, me and my wife did an announcement video on September 5th of 2019 announcing the sex of our baby. And of course, now we know she's a baby girl. But at the time, we even knew uh, her sex. But Really, only our family knew, and that was it. No one else really knew, and so we wanted to take the opportunity to make a really cute announcement video and and post it on Facebook so everyone could see. Um, and actually, at the time, a lot of people didn't even know that we were going to have a kid. Uh, we have been uh, a very private. We've been very private when it comes to just our baby. Uh, we really want to protect her from just a lot of different things that we just don't agree with social media being one of those things. I, I try not to post many things about her. I don't want to ever get her involved in it. And, and this is kind of my way of slowly separating myself from it because eventually I would love for like me, the only way to really f- follow up with people is to just, you know, them see me through this kind of platform. I, I'm really trying hard to, to get this podcast to grow because eventually I just want it. I just want to get away from social media completely and maybe just pay someone else to just do like the social media marketing and, and just never look at um, never look at social media because I just I cannot imagine a world where my daughter gets involved in it. And there's been countless amount of studies that just prove that uh, social media platforms are and just not uh, not being aware of what your what your kids are doing on uh, on their free time can really impact the, just the development of their mind. And, and especially at being such a young age, I, I love the internet. I think the internet is a phenomenal tool to learn and, and grasp new information, but it's also a very toxic tool as well. Most people know that. Um, 
So anyways, so we did uh, an announcement video. We posted it and it was just super adorable. It just reminded me of the day that we did it. We had decorated the background. Uh, we had like a, a inflatable boy and an inflatable girl and uh, like blue balloons, pink balloons. And ideally what we initially wanted to do is we got these poppers and uh, we knew that they were going to show girl when we were going to pop them. And so uh, me and my wife were going to hold poppers. And what the, the idea was to just pull these poppers and just have the like the confetti go out there and then uh, we would have just celebrated like we did at the very end of our video. But um, we didn't practice. We didn't rehearse. We pretty much did it the way I I do these podcasts where it's not structured in any way. And one of the downsides to not rehearsing or practicing is that things don't normally go the way you want them to go. And so um, when we finally pulled the poppers to go pop, um, we thought that they were going to be like traditional poppers where if you pull, they just exploded out, but it didn't work out that way. So when we pulled, nothing really happened. So we pushed and they just kind of flopped out <laughs> and then you really couldn't see anything. And so uh, the video didn't turn out right. We had to end the video. Luckily, um, I got a 3D imaging of my, so to figure out the sex, we we did it at, at 13 weeks we went to a place to go get 3D uh, imaging of uh, of the uh, like a, I'm already forgetting a, a sonogram. I can't believe, yeah, it's like a uh, essentially what they do to. Look, oh, I cannot believe I'm already forgetting. We've gone to so many of these appointments in the past when Luna was in my wife's belly, but essentially what they do is they go in and they, you know they. Uh, traditionally they would just put jelly and then they would see a 2d image, but the device that this lady used was a 3d image. So it's great to be able to, to, uh, um, figure out the sex a little bit earlier than your traditional doctor would do it. And so we wanted to know her sex as soon as possible. So we went and we did one of those imaging. And the cool thing was at, at the end of it, we found out that she was a girl, got super excited. Um, a lot of my wife was looking at me, I think at the time to see my reaction because she really didn't think I was going to be happy about having a girl. And, um, I'm not going to lie. Like initially I wanted a boy. Um, and, but I wanted a baby was my priority. Having a boy would have been great, but either sex, I knew I was just going to be super excited and just so loving towards, uh, I just knew that having a daughter was going to be very different for me. And, uh, I, my family, I grew up in a house of boys. I didn't really have much exposure to a little girl, except for I had dated a girlfriend for a little bit prior to, uh, my wife and, uh, she had a daughter. And, uh, when we started dating, her daughter was three years old and I got to see her from three to uh, six years old. And, but I never knew uh, like what it was going to like or be like to really raise your own daughter. And I was kind of like a stepfather for, for my ex's uh, baby girl. So um, having your own daughter, I just didn't really understand like in the future what to really prepare myself for. And I knew I was going to be super protective and I just didn't know how to like create like a boundary behind that. And I was just like having a boy is going to be a lot easier in my life, but I want to have a girl as well. And so when I found out it was, uh, she was going to be a girl, I knew my wife was looking at me to see my reaction. I was just super excited. I was like, I knew like both like the lady that was like doing, like looking at my wife's belly 
and my and my and uh, my wife were looking at me like, "What was going to be my reaction when I thought I was going to be a girl?" And I, I I was so stoked. I was so excited, and um, I was excited too because after that, uh, we heard her first heartbeat. It was at that appointment that we heard her first heartbeat, and I'll never forget it. And um, the cool thing was is that we were able to get that heartbeat into uh, a stuffed doll for. Um, for my baby girl. And so we got that in a little toy and, uh, we also got a, um, balloon from them that they told us that we could fill up with helium and we could do a reveal party if we wanted to with that, with that balloon. And so we had lucked out because, um, Another thing happened too. So we had we have this balloon, right? So the poppers don't work when we do the reveal. We end the video. We thank God we did not do that live. By the way, that would have been hilarious if we did that video live. Um, so we we stop recording. We go find look for the balloon. We had uh, and one of the reasons why we didn't really uh, use the balloon initially in that video is because the day before we had filled it up with helium. Uh, we went to a place, we got it filled up with helium and my wife was like, let's do it today. And I was like, no, let's do it tomorrow. Like the lighting, it's dark. By the time we got home, it was getting dark. And I was like, the lighting is going to be a lot better if we do it during the day, uh, inside the house. And she was like, no, we should do it. And I was like, trust me, helium is going to be in this balloon. It's going to be fine. It's going to maybe deflate a little bit, but not by much. We wake up the next day and the balloon's completely deflated. And I was like, oh shit. And uh, we were like, screw it. We'll just use the poppers. Uh, we're not trying to make it like extravagant. And so when the poppers don't work, I'm like, oh, Catherine, what we should do is like unravel the balloon and then I'll blow up this balloon. That was literally the worst idea ever. I was consuming a lot of cannabis at this time. And um, uh, my lungs, I don't know if they were at like the best capacity they could ever be at. And this balloon was a massive balloon. Like if you watch the video, it was like not a small balloon. The balloon was about half my body size. And by the time you fully inflated it and I didn't have like an air blower machine halfway through it, I regretted not just going and getting filled up with more helium, but I was just so stubborn. I was like, no, I could blow, I could blow it up. I could blow it up. And so I sat there for like 10 minutes blowing up this balloon and it was so exhausting. So at the, um, when when we started the video again, you can see that I'm like kind of like out of breath, <laughs> and it's because like I got done blowing up this balloon, and uh, it actually the video turned out great. And and my wife's brother, uh, he he loves doing like editing of videos sometimes, and so he edited out our video. He made it really funny, um, and uh, he uh, made it slow mo. So when we go to pop it, so I'm holding it, my wife goes to pop it, and when it pops you kind of just see our excitement in slow motion uh, when it finally reveals that it's going to be a girl. And then I kind of gave like a, uh, uh, just like just talking about just how excited we are to, to have a daughter. And it just made me think of just, and just seeing my wife, like she, she's a tiny uh, person and just seeing her belly. She had like a tiny belly and just knowing that three months later that our daughter was going to be born it's just so crazy to think that it's already been a year. I really feel like it was, it was yesterday that that happened. And it made me think about some of the things that I uh, was thinking about how, like going through right before having a child, like I knew my, my perspective on it was that, and my perspective on parenting is that you only get one chance at this. 
Uh, if I make a mistake in my parenting skills, it really is going to translate to a, a bad upbringing. I've seen many evidences of this, and I have a theory, an ongoing theory, that I think a lot of problems in this world and a lot of the people that I just like none of us can stand these people that just are are arrogant that don't care for people and um and just think that they're better than everyone else and and manipulate people take advantage of people hurt people those type of people are that way not because of the fact that they were born that way it's because that they just had shitty parents and i actually started a blog for a little bit uh shittyparents.com uh, it was a precursor to this podcast, actually, where I was going on there, but I didn't really get engaged with it too much. I just, at first, I enjoyed the name Shitty Parent, but then it, I, to me, it just really had like a negative connotation to it. And I didn't really want to portray that kind of perspective on parenting. I think that it's better for me to focus on the good side of parenting. But I'm not going to lie when I say that I think that a majority of the issues in this world are STEMI from people just being horrible parents like and you can see them some people are like welfare parents they just get parent like kids to just make profit off of government you get parents that just um they don't want to have kids but have choose to have them anyways because they just don't believe in 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 adoption um and so they're drug addicts you know whatever it is there there are, are multitude of different reasons they were abused and now that they have kids, now they kind of trickle that abuse to their kids. They neglect them. They're too busy. That's the most common one, I feel like, is that unfortunately we live in a society where everyone's kind of focused on thinking about how am I going to make money. And and sometimes these people do it out of the idea that it's beneficial to their family. Like I'm going to work really hard and and be able to provide for my kid when they get older. And I don't want to be that parent. I've seen what that's like. Um and and it's it's really tarnishing to the upbringing of a child, really, because you're just not there. You're not there for the big moments for a kid. The kid doesn't really feel like they can bond with their parent a lot because their parent is so focused on work and making wealth and, and generating all this money that they don't they miss out on so many moments for their for their kids. And and they just in a blink of an eye, I'm I'm feeling it now. And my daughter's not even a year old yet, but I honestly feel like it's been like this, and she's about to be a year. I know it's going to be like that, like, you know, two years, three years, four years, like it's just going to go by so fast. And I'm there with my daughter all the time. Like I'm always around her and seeing her and being fortunate enough to, to be in that perspective. And, um, it, it made me refined. I, I knew that like the moment I found out that I was going to be a parent was that I'm not going to fuck this up. Like I'm going to do my hardest to, to make sure that my daughter feels loved is educated, has the opportunity to do the things that she wants to do, um, is is going to respect people and respect that everyone's unique. She's going to understand that failing is 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 a great quality to have, and that um, she's not perfect. No one's perfect in this world. Not her parents. No one. Not the billionaires. Not the not the president. Not no no one. No one's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes, and it's all right to make those mistakes, and. There's a, a realistic way of, of upbringing my daughter and, and raising her. And um, I really think that a lot of people need to take ownership of, of being a parent. They really think, I see a lot of people just see it like second nature. Like, oh, it's easy, you know, this and that. And uh, it it can be easy. I, I think like the way that we've been raising our daughter, she's been 
very easy to, to, to manage compared to how some other people describe how like their kids are. My daughter rarely cries. She's super great. She laughs a lot. She smiles. Um, she gets fussy here and there, but it really, it's only to let us know that she ha- either has a diaper change and we, and we change her diapers normally all the time. Anyways, I spend so much money on diapers when I, I feel like I, I don't need to be, <laughs> uh, I really do feel like I change them too often. And, um, you know, we feed her at exact time intervals, but sometimes, you know, she, she'll still get fussy, especially nowadays. Uh, we realize that we've been doing a lot of solids and incorporating new foods for her. So she gets really fussy sometimes because of gas, because her body's just learning how to digest new types of foods. And, um, but that's really it. She's such a great girl. I, I truly do love her. I mean, I could have her here right now for my podcast, but again, just out of respect to, to her and, and, and I don't really think that she needs to be public facing. Um, it's really just, um, that's just a protective side of me, I guess you could just say, but I really want my daughter to just grow up knowing that she's loved by her family, friends, and, and people because she's just going to be such a loving person. Strong, she's got to know how to protect herself too. I'm not going to just I see I've seen people that are 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 super trustworthy of society and and allow themselves to get taken advantage of and I'm not going to allow that to happen to my daughter as well. I'm not going to lie to her and tell her that I can protect her always. You know, I'll tell her that whenever I'm around that I will I will true I will gladly sacrifice myself for her if they were ever in a position of that much danger. But I'm also gonna teach her how to protect herself too. And I'm gonna um I think that's something that I regretted not putting a lot of my time in when I was a kid, learning martial arts, learning uh self defense, learning how to be aware of conversational skills, those things I do know about and I'll be able to teach her that. But I want her to be—I want her to be loving and dangerous. I want her to be um, strong but caring at the same time. Like I—I I really have this vision for my daughter, and, and uh, I really want her to 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 chase whatever. And I see a lot of parents that tend to try to take to guide their kids towards something that they want them to do. I'm not going to be that. I'm really going to just me and my wife are going to show. And that's one of the great things about us is that me and my wife are very different. And so she'll get to see two different types of worlds, the creative, silent type. I'm more the fluid, talkative, analytical, science, history type of person. And so she'll get to see a lot of different hobbies, a lot of different things. But we're also, me and my wife have talked about just motivating ourselves to try new things as well and get our daughter involved in those things as well to see what she wants to go towards and then motivate her to go towards those things. And uh, I want to be in a position where she can, be around those things and if she grows out of it and doesn't want to do it anymore i don't want to pressure her into doing it i want to be like that's great you know what's the next thing you want to do i want to make sure that she stays busy focusing on things that she wants to do in her life and also you know working out all parts of her body and and staying healthy and on that note though um it, it got me thinking, so I, you know, parenting to me is very important. And I think uh, I've already had all the fun in my life. And, and a lot of people that watch this know that as well, that I've had a crazy lifestyle before becoming a parent. So for me, it wasn't really hard to drop that and then, and then go a hundred percent on parenting. Look, I've, I've, <laughs> I have so many stories. Those stories are going to allow me to keep doing this podcast indefinitely. Um, so I'll never forget or not have something to talk about. And so um, 
a, a big focus of mine is, is just really just the making sure I'm not going to fail my daughter. Um, and fail my family as well. Like I, I, it sounds like a lot of pressure, but it's not like if you do it right, it's just, it just, it feels, I don't know. For me, it feels like second nature. I feel like it's just, I, I don't know if that's just the way that me and my wife's upbringing is. And I, we're, we tend to be my wife, especially she's the nicest person on the planet. And everyone loves her over me when I meet her because they say that. But I, I think for myself as well, like we, we try to be as caring of, of people as possible. And so I, for us, it's not really work. I can see why for some other people, it might be difficult for them to kind of see that and, 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 and try to develop that perspective towards parenting. And I also know how the difficulties as well, you know. It's it's a difficult world out there, and uh, the cost of living isn't going down. You know, jobs are being lost, especially during this pandemic. I understand those realities, but at the same time, these are things that we have to think about before we make the decision to become parents. And I'm glad that I did before I became a parent, and I had all the fun I wanted to have and got that out of the way. So it wasn't easy for, or it wasn't difficult for me to just drop that um, when it became when it became came time to be a parent and I know I'm going to lose a lot of friendships that I have with people because those people really uh, were enjoying my presence when, when they knew that I could just, you know, jump in and, and do whatever with them. And now like my mind is always on, on being a parent. And, and I know like recently I've had people reach out and say like, they want to do things and I'm like, it's just not the right time. And I, to those people, I, I'm sorry, but truly if you understand, and if you can empathize with, what I'm saying, just know that I, I, my daughter is the most important thing to me. She really is more important than anything else. Um, and I don't want to drop the ball on that. And so if you guys can understand that, thank you. If not, I understand as well. I know it's difficult sometimes to lose out on a friend like that and not have someone that you can just always reach. And, and, and I know I'm already bad enough when it comes to just reaching out to people. And that. it's just been even worse now being a parent. So I apologize, but I hope you can understand as well. And it also got me, to, and I'll end a note on this. Uh, so parenting was a big focus of mine. And then secondly, was thinking about um, the things that we're going to do with our daughter and kind of projecting how we're going to raise her. And I knew from the get-go, the first thing I'm going to do is homeschool my daughter. <laughs> and I've gotten a lot of people that have especially close friends that are like, are, are you sure about doing that? Uh, we don't think that that's the right course you should take. Uh, there's like good school systems out there and it's not, nothing against the school systems themselves. Even though those systems are, you are, we are asking so much from educators and I respect teachers a hundred percent. I had great teachers. I was I try to be a good student. I, you know, as I got older, I did do a little bit of silly things, but I tried my best to kind of have a, have a good relationship with teachers because I just love learning. I was really bad about homework. So those teachers that were like stringent on doing homework, they really didn't like me, but the teachers that actually enjoyed the fact that I was engaging and, and wanted to learn and was asking questions. Those are my favorite teachers. And they saw that in me and, and I gravitated towards that. And so I know what it's like to have a really good teacher and um, I know what it's like to have a good education system. But at the same time, I also know what it's like to be surrounded by, by other kids. And I succumbed to peer pressure. I was not a leader when I was a kid. I didn't know what that was like. Um, I didn't learn that until I got older. 
And so I, I did a lot of following and I followed a lot of stupid stuff sometimes that people did. And I was, I was, um, and it's not taken advantage of because as a kid, you don't really think about those things. You really just think about like, Oh, I I'm doing like the fun thing. Everyone do the fun thing with me, but it could be a bad thing. And you know, me being a kid and not, not, you know, taking a hold of my life at the time, I chose to follow really silly things. And so, and that is a derivative of that kid's parents and how they raised that kid and, you know, neglecting that kid. And, and some of the loudest people tend to be those kids that are neglected as well. And so, um, I, I, I just thinking about that. It's not the system, even though the system really needs a lot of fixing, I don't like, though, when people say that there's a problem with the education system because it's not really the problem with the education system. It's a problem with the parenting. A lot of parents are putting so much pressure on teachers to teach their kids how to like be good kids, how to how to know what life is going to be like, uh, like outside of school, how to do their, you know, their their basic curriculum of like math, science, history, all of that, knowing all of that stuff, knowing to stay organized, all of that. That's not the teacher's role. Ideally, what a teacher would love to do is just to educate, to just educate on a curriculum that they were that they learned themselves. But most of these teachers are are handling their job like as if they're parents to a class of thirty kids, and not. And then if you're middle school, high school, it's not just a class of thirty kids. You're having like different periods of kids, and so you're having like two hundred kids a semester that you're that you're teaching. And that you're supposed to be able to give like guided curriculum, like teachings, and it's just impossible to expect that from a teacher. Like, no one can expect a good parent to be a great parent to 30 kids at the exact same time. It just it doesn't make sense. And so, we're expecting our teachers to do that. It's just it's it's saddening to be honest that we don't pay them enough. We don't give them the proper resources. Um. And we put all this pressure on them as well. And um, it, it just sucks. And so I don't want to be a person that supports that system. And I, I really think that a lot of people are realizing that now, especially because of the pandemic, they're having to homeschool their kids and 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 do these things. And, and they're realizing the difficulty in doing that. And it's not really difficult. It's just that you're realizing that, oh shit, like I need to educate my kid. It's like, yeah, you should have been doing that from the very beginning. Like don't neglect. And, and, and a lot of people see school as a, a, as a babysitter center as well, because again, they're so focused on work. And again, I understand that it's a difficult world out there. We need to, you know, provide for our family, at least provide shelter and food. And so I understand that difficulty, but at the same time, I, I think, the ideal time for a lot of people to have kids is when they're in a position in, in life where they don't have to think about those things. They don't have to think about having to provide that they know that they're in a capacity to provide already. If that means that you have to wait a little bit longer to have kids, then wait a little bit longer. You're really failing your children when you're putting them in this pressure and they see it too. They see your, you arguing with your significant other about how you guys don't have enough money and you have to have these like difficult conversations with your kid when you really don't need to have those, like where you would, you want to provide certain things for your kid and the kid wants those things as well. 
and you promise them something and then you can't fulfill it because you just don't have the means to fulfill it. It's like, it's, it really, it, they just don't understand these things yet. They don't understand capitalism. They don't understand work. And, but you're forcing them to have to understand these things that early on. And it's, it's not a world that a kid needs to really understand at the moment. They really just need to focus on just absorbing as much information as they can and, and, and learning a capitalism to me, at least a lot of it doesn't really rely on empathy. It, it can't, the system can't, I mean, a capitalistic society is, is the idea is to realize there's a means for a service or product and then capitalizing on that and, and trying to get as, as much of your service or product in as many people's hands and, and focusing on revenue growth and, and developing shareholder, shareholder value. And you can't develop shareholder value with empathy. It's just impossible. So, you know, to try to teach a kid about money and how that works and, and, and I, I'm going to teach my daughter about how to be an entrepreneur and things of that nature, but Ideally, I would love for her to have like a nonprofit organization, and um, and and be able to contribute to society and and make enough for herself, and that's it. Because I mean, in the future, that's what I want for myself is to have a business where it's a nonprofit. I I, I truly don't really care about developing a massive amount of shareholder value, and if I could just make enough for myself, and then the rest goes back to society and my community, I think that's great, and I think more businesses need to be operated like that to be honest but um i just i don't want to i don't want to fail my daughter by putting her into a system and again you could argue there's charter schools there's school systems like where you can the small like you can pay more it's like why why not just take charge and just become an educator for my kid and then a lot of people come up to me and say well you're now how is your kid going to socialize with other kids it's like that's that's the silliest argument that's to say that the only means that a kid can socialize is at school. Is that how a majority of kids do socialize with other kids? Yeah, of course, but there are other ways to do that. And that's through my daughter going into extracurricular activities. Once she's done with her homeschooling, I'm going to take all of my focus and all the money I'm going to be saving by not having her go to school and push her towards the, the extracurricular activities that she wants to take. And in those extracurricular activities, show me other kids that not only are just complete strangers, but are other kids that at the time are going to enjoy doing the things that she's enjoying to do as well. So she's going to have a stronger bond with them. It allows me as a parent to have a stronger bond with the other parents as well. And I feel like a lot of parents that already focus on doing those things for their kids are the type of parents that I want to be around, the type of parents that care about their kids and cares about the development of their kid. And so I want to be around that type of parent in the future when you know the pandemic's over and we're back to whatever life was like before the pandemic. And so that argument's very, very silly. I mean, there's so many extracurricular activities that you can have your kid in um, and, and they can just evolve themselves with other kids. So if anything, that just promotes their growth even more so because they don't have to sit there and listen to a kid that clearly has a bad upbringing because of their parents and is having to, to deal with being distracted by a troublemaker or something of that nature, they don't have to cope with that. And so um, to those that are, are judging my perspective on that, again, this is all coming from the mentality that I you only get one chance at this. I really truly think that as a parent, you only get one chance at raising your kid. 
And, and to develop that foundation and develop those fundamentals, if you fell at that early on, I mean, there's no way if I, I, I've seen like when people are like, there's like surprised, I don't understand like how my kid turned out that way. I, it's like a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand when people like, especially murderers, like that can't be my little Billy that just murdered a whole bunch of people. He was a good kid. And then when you understand like the parents background, the parent probably was like in an abusive relationship or they neglected their kid or whatever, whatever. No one just like is raised in a proper household where the parents are loving. They care for their kid. They educate their kid. They're there with their kid. They're bonding with their kid. And then they're, they're not also like sheltering their kid. They're involving their kid in the community. Like when you do it that way, there is no way that that kid grows up and becomes a murderer and just flips like that. That's just unless the kid is like tra- like physically traumatized and like becomes mentally challenged from that, that's not a realization. Honestly, all of these shitty people out in this world, in my opinion, are because people are raised by shitty parents. And so, um, if that hurts you as a parent, look, there's it's never too late to change that as well. You could change that today. You could be a better parent. And, you know, I don't do that blog anymore. Um, but I think in the course of this podcast, I, I want to try to help other parents as well. So if you're a parent watching this, you know, know that I will try. I, I don't do it enough. And, and it's one of the things that my wife sometimes asks me why I don't really talk too much about, like, <clears throat> um, parenting things. And uh, I just don't want to. I don't want this podcast to be perceived as just one medium of, of, of conversation. It really is just going to be whatever's on my mind and there's not going to be a structure to it. And I, I already talked about that yesterday, uh, except for tomorrow, by the way, announcement, uh, live podcast is going to happen, uh, on Twitch. So you can find it at twitch.tv forward slash tongues out. And, um, it's going to be 6 PM Pacific standard time. So 9 PM, uh, Eastern standard time. So just watch out for me at that at that point. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to just a lot to talk about. But um, you know, parenting is fun. It could be great. It's engaging. I never understood when parents were like, "Oh, this is hard. It's difficult." They like they just don't enjoy it. Like, oh my god, I love every second with my daughter. She's so great. And and you guys can have that relationship with your kid as well. It just really starts with how you how you're thinking about being a parent. But anyways. Thank you guys so much for hearing me out on this. Um, thank you, Facebook, I guess, the one time that you shared uh, such a great memory. It was cute watching that video again. And um, as always, thank you guys. I will catch you guys mañana for the live podcast. Again, remember, it's on Twitch. I'll link the Twitch information here, and I'll link it in the YouTube video as well so you guys can have access to that. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys in there. You know, Feel free to come in. I have no idea yet what I'm going to be talking about. Um, but it's, it's more there for my audience to be able to engage with me. And so I look forward to seeing you guys in there, but as always, I'll catch you guys manana. Peace.